This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record. For the left, I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting adjacent to the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Man, it was so fucking hot this weekend. I didn't leave the house because it was too hot. And then I see you tweeting about the Arctic, the goddamn Arctic being on fire. Yeah, it was a bit of a disconcerting news story I saw uh, from Earther Gizmodo. Basically, the planet is so hot that parts of Alaska, Siberia, and Greenland are on fire. Fucking Greenland is on fire. The place that was named uh, by some Viking asshole, Greenland, to throw people off, to make it think it was inhabitable, but was actually an Arctic wasteland. Which was set straight in the movie Mighty Ducks 2. (laughs) If anybody remembers that. Anyway, that place is on fire. Reading from the story, quote, The boreal forest that rings the northern portion of the world is witnessing a period of wildfire activity unseen in at least 10,000 years. So that's before humans. <laughs> yeah, was it, wasn't it like... Or, I mean, I guess around before the time. Anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like an ice age, was it not, yeah. before then? So, yeah. Not good. No, not good at all. I I was melting down a lot about this, quite frankly, because if you should melt down about anything, uh, it's the planet melting down that should cause you to melt down. Yeah. Even in May, you can melt down. You have permission to melt down, even in the month of May, if it's over the planet melting down. I uh, come into the studio or into our workspace here today, and I see this story about... Pentagon admits Army lets slip that it's conducting secret operation around D.C. Cool. It's a $1.5 million operation that was interesting. It was first peaked when the Army asked Congress for funding for aircraft maintenance, air crews, and travel in support of an emerging classified flight mission. What? There's these helicopters around the area. Look... We joke about the lawn guy next door and some secret op to disrupt our our uh, our podcast making. Very difficult job here, making a podcast, especially when the government's running interference next door with the lawn guy. Here's proof. Uh, I, I can't wait. In 75 years when this budget is declassified and we're long dead and there's finally proof that the lawn guy next door was part of some black ops. $1.5 million is nothing for some army black ops operation. So, yeah, that could go toward paying the salary of officers posing as various lawn personnel, construction crews next door. There's been construction on the house next door that's been fucking with our recording. Saying you can do they, a lot of bang sawing, for your buck. They're sawing for hours, and it's like, what are they sawing? After they're sawing a while? our dicks what, off, what? is what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> Check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash District Sentinel. All new subscribers get a haiku written for them, read on the show. We're going to read some poetry later on. They also get access to all the content we put up, all the newscasts Monday through Thursday patreon.com slash district sentinel go to streetfightradio.com get your tickets we're going on tour 
at the end of the week. We're doing a show here in D.C. Sunday night. The show's almost sold out, I think, the 6 p.m. show. 9 p.m. show, there's still some tickets left. Get your tickets to uh, go to the late show. Hang out with us afterward. I bet you can't wait to get down south and get down to Florida to get some of those seafood, uh, fast food restaurants. like Oh, yeah. Long like John Silver's? Fishy, fishy Rick's or Shrimpy Bill's or whatever. <laughs> Long John Silver's? Sure. That's it. That's all I want. I haven't had one of those in years. Gross. A decade, probably. This kid doesn't eat fried shrimp over here. Um, yeah, so if you're in the Carolinas, check out. It's You've been diddling with that thing the whole fucking show. I'm trying to get comfortable with this pop filter, and it's just falling off and now. now. it's falling off, because every time I look at you, you're repositioning it. I had it positioned for you. It wasn't positioned well. It wasn't staying there. My pop filter's going just fine here. Well, you're gonna go. You're gonna go pop, pop the rest of the way. Pop full. All right, let's <laughs> let's go uh, filter pop filterless here. I'll try to not do my hard my hard peas. All right, if you're in the Carolinas, check out our show in Chapel Hill on the 30th. If you're near Florida or Southern Georgia, head out to Jacksonville on the first. And if you're in Atlanta, we're doing shows on the third and the fourth. And if in your if you're in Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee or nearby areas, we're doing a show, Nashville. And also, uh, if you're in Nashville, please do not listen to our interview with Andrew Perez. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) please don't. It's Monday, July 22nd, 2019. Here's the news. As expected, congressional Democrats look set to give up a whole lot of power for the rest of President Trump's first term. Today, Beltway reporters revealed that the administration and House Democrats are about to reach a deal so that the debt ceiling won't have to be raised again until 2021. That means if a Democrat wins the presidential election, Republicans will have the chance to hamstring them in their first year in office with debt ceiling hardball, something Democrats could be doing now to hinder the Trump agenda if they had any sort of spine whatsoever. The deal means equal increases in defense and non-defense spending and includes $75 billion in so-called offsets, which are basically cuts demanded by Republicans. Per LA Times reporting, it looks like there might be one aspect of the deal palatable to the left. The legislation could end sequestration, which is automatic across-the-board budget cuts, which were mandated by lawmakers during the Tea Party Congress during the end of President Obama's first term. But mostly, the deal hands a massive victory to the Trump administration. Adam Gentleson, who served as an aide to ex-Senate Dem leader Harry Reid, summed it up thusly. He tweeted that Democrats are, quote, forfeiting all leverage but set up a major crisis point for Republicans in the first summer of a potential Dem president's term. This seems like a very bad idea. It also seems like a perfect microcosm of the Democratic Party. This is not only a, a bad idea, it's the worst possible idea. <laughs> sure, you could use the debt limit to force some sort of extractions from the White House. The, be- the best thing would probably be to just get rid of the debt ceiling once and for all. You've got a Republican president, a Republican Senate that doesn't want to be hamstringed by it. Just get rid of it. This is your chance. No, let's not nope. do that. Nope. Instead... You've gotten rid of it for the Republican, given up any sort of leverage you had, and then set it up so that should Bernie Sanders or whoever 
whatever Democrat win the presidency, Republicans can spend the next the first year or two of that presidency threatening to derail the U.S. economy. But the, but the real question is, will Mitch McConnell realize how bad he will look? <laughs> Something we missed last week, House Democrats did pass that intelligence authorization bill that would grant President Trump more power to hide covert abuses and to punish journalists. As we reported on the show previously, Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff tucked the provision into the authorization legislation that would expand a 1982 law aimed at protecting the identities of covert agents. The broadened language would criminalize the disclosure of any agents involved in covert actions regardless of whether or not they served overseas or were engaged in illegal behavior. The law previously only prohibited disclosure of a covert agent's identity if they served overseas in the last five years. Now, this is a completely unnecessary expansion of an already bad law. A bunch of press freedom groups have petitioned lawmakers to reject the legislation. It comes at a time when intelligence agencies act with impunity, when journalists are being targeted, and again, a vengeful, burgeoning fascist is in the White House. But the bill did pass overwhelmingly, 397 to 31. AOC, Ilhan Omar, and Ayanna Presley all supported the legislation. No. <laughs> Notable defections, though, included Rashida Tlaib, Barbara Lee, and the now partyless representative from Michigan, Justin Amash. Lawmakers will have to cast a second vote on the legislation and likely the same provision once the House bill is reconciled with the Senate bill. So there'll still be more time to pressure the remaining members of the squad and other lawmakers to try and uh, stand up for some press freedoms in the Trump era. Us saying the squad is inevitable, by the way, because it's just way easier as a shorthand to just sum up. Everyone knows who you're talking about. Just we 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 grudgingly accepted it. It's the squad. Even before Trump was elected, you were probably aware that civil liberties are basically suspended within 100 miles of the borders with Mexico and Canada. If you spent enough time online, you've probably seen some disturbing YouTube videos of interior checkpoints. Now the Trump administration wants to apply some of those rules throughout the country in its assault on migrants in the United States. DHS is planning on filing a new regulation in tomorrow's Federal Register, which would take rules on expedited removal, so-called expedited removal within the 100-mile border zone, and apply them nationwide. Currently, expedited removal can only be applied across the country for migrants who arrive by sea. For those within the 100-mile zone, it only applies to those who have come in via land and have been in the country for less than two weeks. In addition to expanding the removal zone, the Trump administration is also looking to extend the eligibility time frame to two years. This all means that basically a lot more people from Central America could be deported without any kind of hearing whatsoever. The only kind of statutory restriction on expedited removal applies to unaccompanied children. That's according to the filing set to be published tomorrow by DHS. As with any executive action, though, this one is subject to judicial review, and unsurprisingly, the ACLU has already announced it will try to have the policy thrown out in court. 
Omar Jodwat, an attorney for the org focusing on immigrant rights, said, quote, under this unlawful plan, immigrants who have lived here for years would be deported with less due process than people get in traffic court. We will sue to end this policy quickly, end of quote. Finally today, not so much newsworthy, but wanted to draw listeners' attention to a report published by the Congressional Research Service. It was flagged at the end of last week by journalist Stephen Aftergood with the Federation of American Scientists. Now, the report, which was updated by the Research Service last week, documents every U.S. military engagement since 1789, every single one, with the exception of covert actions and disaster relief and training and assistance and stuff. Here's a shocking number. Going all the way back to the nation's founding, there have only been 19 years, just 19 years in which the U.S. military was not engaged in some new war overseas or conflict or military engagement. 19 years. Sometimes we lament how the post 9-11 generation will only know of war, that we've been at war with Afghanistan or Iraq the whole time they've been alive. Well, that's pretty par for the course for all generations in U.S. history. In fact, according to the report, the last year that there was any new deployment of U.S. troops somewhere around the world was in 1979, so before I was born, back when Jimmy Carter was president. The report documents hundreds of military conflicts over the prior 200-plus years, while noting that there's only officially been 11 formal declarations of war. And really, that's an underestimate of military conflicts. The research service admitted that the U.S. military was very busy doing things not accounted for in the data, such as the Civil War, which, okay, maybe that one shouldn't count, but this one absolutely should. The use of U.S. military units in the exploration, settlement, and pacification of the western part of the United States, according to the Congressional Research Service, was not included in the data. Ah, yes, the long genocide of the Native American people, not included. Folks, we've been a warmongering shit country since the beginning. How are the Native American, how are the Indian wars not included? The Apache wars are like the longest wars yeah. that the U.S. have ever engaged in. Not included. Can't, can't include a fucking genocide in this study because that would be, I guess, a little too hard hitting. That's it for the newscast today. Before we go, time to read some poetry for our new subscribers on patreon.com slash district sentinel. This is for Julia. How about those clowns, but not those clowns in Congress, the parliament clowns. Thank you, Julia. Clowns everywhere. This one's for Natalia. An enchanted wood, teeming with elves and wizards, smoking on that loud. Thank you, Natalia. R.I.P. Young King Dave, still. This is for Piss Taker. Beach time, summer fun. Water waves reading on sand. Death by jellyfish. Thank you, Piss Taker. Finally, this goes out to Alan. While throwing console, big guy wins at video games. Real cool, man. Real cool. Thank you, 
<laughs> Alan. Yes, thank you, Alan. And thank you to all the new subscribers on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Throw five bucks a month our way. Help the little news co-op here in Piss Town. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Call the rant line 202 684 61 08. Leave a message. We will play it on air on the next show. We'll be back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.